Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello, everybody. Welcome to a slightly early edition of Tuesday Night Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network. I am Jim Smallman. I'm your host type chap not really a host, am I? I'm just a, a dude who makes a podcast. Um, but today, we're not talking about Survivor Series and NXT TakeOver. We're going to do that next week uh, in a special. So Tuesday the 29th, we'll have our usual roundtable. It's a pretty cool one uh, because it's myself. Uh, it's Scroobius Pip, uh, the, the head honcho of the wonderful Distraction Pieces Network. And two guests. We have the tremendous... Uh, wrestling photographer James Musselwhite, who's responsible for the Portrait of a Wrestler series, um, who is an absolutely wonderful photographer. Um, He manages to make everybody he photographs look quite ripped and quite cool and defined. Um, I will even include me in this, because my current Twitter profile picture is a picture he took of me during Super Strong Style 16 when I was exhausted. Um, So, uh, yeah, you know, uh, he's brilliant. So, uh, James Musselwhite. And then it's, it's kind of a gym special. Um, because obviously James also White is technically a gym. I am a gym. Um, Scroobius Pip will have to be a gym for a day because we then have um, making his Tuesday night jaw debut, Jimmy Havoc talking about Survivor Series and TakeOver, which is tremendous. Obviously, um, he's been out injured for quite some time. He's returned to progress um, and wrestling in general. And, you know, you're probably aware he's my mate. So I'm super excited about actually having him on Tuesday Night Jaw. Going to have a sit-down interview with him at some point in the near future as well, where we're going to talk about his career. Um, but he wanted to do a roundtable. Survivor Series is a cool pay-per-view to do one for. So he will be in the studio with myself and Pip and James Musselwhite next Tuesday discussing TakeOver and Survivor Series. Neither of which, as I record this early on a Monday morning, have I seen yet. Um... I've had bits of them spoiled for me by accident. No one's no one's been a dick about it. Just people have kind of accidentally told me things. And I may follow people on Twitter who are actually involved in the shows. And therefore, I know what's happened. Um, so, um, But I'm still looking forward to watching them. Uh, I'm going to watch them during the course of this week uh, when I'm away kind of doing some other stuff. So, um, yeah, looking forward to catching up on those this week. Um, last week's episode was me chatting to Joe Coffey. Um, about his career, but also about ICW's Fear and Loathing show at the Hydro. Just want to say, once again, congratulations to ICW for what they achieved. Um, 
wasn't in Glasgow seeing the show, unfortunately, but did get many an update via Twitter and Facebook. Watched little bits of it via Facebook Live, which is really cool. Just super impressed to see a crowd that huge, the atmosphere there, the presentation of their product as well. Um, ICW have a lot to be proud about. Probably quite a few sore heads on this Monday morning. But good on ICW, really, really pleased for them, pleased that they uh, had such an impressive show uh, up at the Hydro. And look forward to watching it back. I'm going to watch it back on their on-demand service at some point. Um, so I can watch the whole show back and enjoy it um, for myself. But yeah, big congratulations to them. In terms of progress, we've got a big old show coming up this week. Uh, this coming Sunday, we have our next show in Camden. We have the Graps of Wrath. Uh, named by one of my uh, partner, Je- Glenn Joseph's friends, who he's performing in Buddy with, I believe. Uh, yeah, so the Graps of Wrath. Or the Graps of Wrath, dependent on where you're from. Um, we, is this coming Sunday? It's already sold out. You might be able to get a return ticket via Twickets. I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet your house on it, if I'm honest. Uh, a load of matches, including a huge uh, main event where we'll crown a new champion. Because we've got to crown a new champion with a sad injury to Mark Haskins. So that's going to be exciting. Uh, I'm quite looking forward to that. It's our last Sunday afternoon Camden show of the year. We've got a, a Friday evening show on December the 30th, which is also sold out in Camden. So, um, yeah, your next chance is to get tickets. I think there's maybe 15 tickets left for our show in Sheffield on December the 11th. Um, so you really probably want to get on board with that. And I think we're probably down to the last 30 tickets for our first ever trip to Birmingham on January the 15th. So progresswrestling.com for your tickets there. Click on the tickets link. Um, Obviously, demand-progress.com if you want to watch all of our shows from the past for roughly about a fiver. Um, And me, jimsmallman.com. I've got a new website. Um, I built it on Squarespace myself. It is that easy. It is as easy as the adverts, so... Um, Go there, you can check where I'm performing, you can see a clip from my show My Girls and maybe buy that for $5 if you feel uh, like you want to watch me doing stand-up for an hour and 15 minutes. Um, uh, And there's some other videos of me up there and uh, obviously there's the links to all the Tuesday Night Jaw stuff. So that still remains if you want to point people in direction of this here podcast, jimsmallman.com slash tnj is where you send them. Right, let's get on with this podcast where I'm going to talk a little bit about video games. Um, I love video games. If you've ever seen me up close, you'll know I've got a lot of tattoos. A lot of my tattoos are video game themed. Um, I spend most of my evenings uh, when I'm not working, which is rare, playing video games. I adore them. Uh, I didn't realise until recently that, that Pip was such a fan of video games, and that's made me just like the dude even more. But I love video games. In particular, I love wrestling video games. A lot of you at the minute may have taken advantage of Black Friday price cuts to get hold of WWE 2K17. It's been reduced in a few places. Um, I've not bought it yet. I, I, I will get it at some point. I've got 2K16 and 15 and 14 and 13 and 12 all on my shelves because I do buy it every year. Um, based mainly out of I love wrestling, but I love creating myself as a wrestler. And will never stop loving creating myself as a wrestler. What's weird now, of course, is people have genuinely created me, actual me, with photographs and my tattoos. And I'm in... You can download me for WWE 2K17. You can download me for WWE 2K16. That's insane. It's really, really nuts. Um, I'm super proud that people go to the trouble of doing that. Someone did go to the trouble of making me with my tattoos and everything. and, And it's... 
it's quite weird. It's quite cool to be able to show my daughter that and go, look, here's your dad in a video game. <laughs> um, it is pretty smart. Um, because I have been a voice in a video game. Um, just not showing off. Um, but uh, I have been a voice in a video game. Um, I can't remember the name of the video game, but it's a popular PC game that's mainly popular in Germany where I had to die 20 times in a row. Um, and you might think that's easy, but it's not. Once you've died, you've sort of gone three or four times. It gets quite difficult. Um, so, yeah, so I managed to do that and then said a few sentences and then got 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 paid some money to do it. But it wasn't a major starving role. My ambition remains to be in either a Fallout game or a Grand Theft Auto game. Um, you, know, you never know, maybe one day maybe just actually in a WWE game rather than having to be created by a user, but who knows? Um, maybe just me stalking Xavier Woods, trying to get him on my podcast. My DMs are open, Xavier Woods. So I'm going to talk about the history um, of wrestling video games. I did ask you guys via Twitter, which is at Jim Smallman, use hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. I did ask you for your thoughts on your favourite wrestling video games, which helped jog my memory for some of the stuff I want to talk about. Um... I mean, I, I've got an idea of what the best wrestling video game ever is. But I have like a, a kind of top three, which we'll get to in a while. Um, th- there's many a video wrestling video game I could just play again and again and again and again. Um, but I kind of want to take you through the history of them. Some uh, maybe more obscure titles that you can then go and look up and perhaps have a go with uh, via emulators. Um, a lot of the arcade games that I might talk about are Pretty much, um, you can get them through MAME uh, and, and play them on emulators, uh, should you be able to do that. Certainly some of the older games on things like Super Nintendo as well, you can go back and, and enjoy. As I often do when I'm bored in hotel rooms on my laptop. So, wrestling video games. You've probably got an idea what your favourite is now. Um, if you know what your favourite is, then tweet me, at Jim Smallman. Um, also, if you've got a really obscure one that I don't mention during the course of this podcast then, again, tweet me about it. Let me know about it. Um, don't try and out-nerd me, because, I mean, that is possible. I, I'm I'm a nerd, but there are bigger nerds than me. It's fine. You don't need to prove your nerd chops. But if you uh, if you know there's a, a game I've not mentioned, then maybe bring it up. Um, in the meantime, I've got, like, four pages of notes in front of me, so uh, let's have a chat about wrestling video games. Cue snappy theme music. That'll do. So, if you go back to the early days, and the point for me when I really started enjoying wrestling video games was the was the late nineties, because I I was a computer owner rather than a console owner owner when I was a kid, and as a rule, video wrestling video games on the Commodore sixty four were hard to come by, um, and it was only retrospectively when I got into console gaming in the nineties that I went back and enjoyed quite a lot of the earlier games that I'm, I'm going to mention. Um, because because we we weren't blessed with the best wrestling video games on the Commodore 64, or indeed the best games on the Commodore 64, apart from Dynamite Dan. If, if you've ever played Dynamite Dan, you'll know what I mean. It's a great game, impossible to complete, but a brilliant game. So, from the research I've managed to put in, and again, someone will probably correct me, um, the first wrestling game to really sort of break through came out in 1983, made by Data East, used to kind of specialise in fairly ropey shoot-em-ups. Um, and it was simply called Tag Team Wrestling. Because in video game terms, it always felt a lot of video games 
they and you there'll be a lot of these that I mentioned. They they specialize more in tag team wrestling than singles wrestling because presumably programmers thought it was more exciting to have two guys on a team than just two dudes fighting each other. Um, this first came out in the arcade. It was released on the NES later on, um, and it's a very simple game, moderately playable. As if you imagine, a game that came out in 1983 is not going to be super super playable. Um, we're spoiled in terms of how detailed and how in depth games are now. Retro gaming is a, is a wonderful thing in that I I look back on video games from the past and go, oh the nostalgia. But often you will go back and play them and realise no, they're not they're not as good as modern games. No, often they aren't. There's a few exceptions: Space Invaders and Pac Man, which which hold up as as all time classics. Galaxians slash Gallagher as well, I'd say. And you know, so there's a there's a few. But the majority of video games from like 1983 are not going to hold up now. But if you play it and try and cast your mind back to how cool it would have been at the time to have a wrestling video game, then that's smart. You also have to bear in mind that in 1983, wrestling wasn't super hot. So it wasn't necessarily the most important thing in the world to have a wrestling video game. You can see, if you look back at release dates of, for example, WWE games, you can see that WWE had a big boom period in the sort of very late 80s, so 88, 89 um, to the early 90s, and then obviously WWE went a bit quiet again, and then there was a huge boom period again in the late 90s around the Attitude Era that's never really gone away because video gaming became so big at the time. Um, Next game... uh, I want to talk about is from 1985. Uh, it's by Technos Japan. It's called Matt Mania, the Pro Wrestling Network, which is a weird flash forward to what we're all experiencing now with the WWE Network. Um, it, it came out in the arcade. You can actually get a port of it on the PlayStation 4, um, I believe. It's quite interesting to me because the central character, often in these games, you, games you couldn't choose who you got to be. Um, you had to be given a central character, very much like the original Street Fighter. You had to be Ryu, um, or unless you were a player two, then you got to be Ken. Um, so the player in Matt Mania was modelled after the Dynamite Kid, which is super awesome if you're into British wrestling and Japanese wrestling, uh, as I am. Um, what I'd say with Matt Mania, there's a, it's, it's full of Easter eggs, even for a game from 1985. Look in the crowd in this game. Try and, and, and get a picture of... Just a screenshot of it. Dead easy to do. Um, and you'll be able to see in the crowd are various people. Um, you could say they're people in costume. I don't think they are. I think they're the actual people. You can see Batman in the crowd. You can see the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man in the crowd. Um, there's loads of people. Um, that They've just messed around and gone, well, I know we've got a crowd. Who's going to look at the crowd? They're going to be too busy playing the action. Well... I don't know, this is back in the day when you couldn't play games like 10 players or you couldn't play online, so you'd often have a mate sat with you waiting for his turn politely. Um, they had something to look at, and it was the weird crowd in Matt Mania. Um, 1986 produced uh, Pro Wrestling, just that's what it was called. It was on the NES. Um, I remember my sister had a NES, and I remember buying this probably... Eight years after it came out, for maybe five pounds from a Tandy or somewhere like that, um, and being really impressed with it, even in the mid nineties. Um, and there's a reason for this. I, I've now known from doing a bit of research, in that this original pro wrestling game, which is is a cool little game, was programmed on his own. You think how many hundreds of people make video games now? 
you know the 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 thousands of people that probably were involved in making Grand Theft Auto Five. Um, this game was made by one person called Masato Masuda. Um, that name probably doesn't ring a bell for you for many people, um, but for something we're going to talk about a little bit more later on, he made Fire Pro Wrestling. He's the guy behind the Fire Pro Wrestling series, which is a fine series and something we'll talk about a bit more in depth in a while. So um, clearly the building blocks were there from someone who knew what he wanted to do in terms of making an excellent, excellent video game series, which only started three years after that. Um, But again, more on Fire Pro in a little bit. In 1987, we got Micro League Wrestling, which was... um, the first video game based on WWE or WWF as it would have been at the time. It came out on the Commodore 64, the Atari ST, the uh, Commodore Amiga, and it came out on MS-DOS, which means PC to the uninitiated. Um, I remember this because I didn't have it, but a mate did. And it was a turn-based strategy game that came on a disc. Um, and it initially came with one disc. And on that disc, on one side of the disc was you could play... Hulk Hogan against Randy Savage, and on the other side you could play Hulk Hogan against Paul Orndorff. And it came with, like, really sort of, I mean, at the time, amazing, but by now, no, sort of digitised footage of the wrestlers doing moves because they'd obviously based them on on real matches. There were expansion discs that came out after it with further matches and you know additional video content and, and all that sort of stuff. Um at the time, I remember it being hugely impressive purely because it had wrestling footage in it, but it wasn't exactly a game that had longevity in it. Um, it's weird to imagine a, a wrestling game that you could genuinely complete within 10 minutes um, nowadays when you think that you've got the universe mode and the, the, the 2K games, for example, that can just keep you there forever if you wanted to, if you wanted to do it that way. Um, WWF's next effort was uh, WrestleMania on the NES in 1989, and which uh, you may or may not know if you've seen the film The Wrestler, starring Mickey Rook. Um, that's the game that inspires the game he plays in that. He's not playing WrestleMania in that, because obviously there'd be copyright issues, um, but that's the game that actually inspires the game he's playing in The Wrestler. Um one of my favourite wrestling games from the 80s, and this comes from me spending a lot of time in Blackpool. It's weird that uh, I now have a an inverted commas friendship with Mr. William Regal. I mean, it's mainly him bullying me. Um, because in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, he was spending his time in Blackpool, where he lived. Um, I was spending a lot of time in Blackpool as well, because my dad um, is a shop fitter and was refitting um, the Three Piers and the Tower Ballroom and the Palace Nightclub in Blackpool over the course of uh, a few years. So I would spend quite a lot of my weekends in Blackpool with my dad. He'd go off and work in the morning and I would often spend my time in the arcades, mainly on North Pier. And in North Pier, there was a game called The Main Event, which remains one of my favourite wrestling video games. Uh, it was made by Konami, came out in 1988. Um, I remember playing this probably about 1991. Um it, it was it was interesting because it had it had characters that were clearly based on other characters, other real wrestlers. For example, there was a, a the amazingly named Kamikaze Ken, uh, who was just Ricky Steamboat, and I'm fine with that. It had an interesting button structure, and you could play it four player. An interesting button structure in that you had one massive button that would flash when you needed to press it, uh, as well as smaller buttons. Um, but it was the sound. It had amazing commentary, and this—you got to bear in mind—speech in video games was a rarity 
back in the 80s. Um, uh, they did get a backbreaker wrong. So they call a backdrop a backbreaker, which is, is forgivable, but wrong. Um, they, they just hearing the commentator say brain buster and then say, oh no, he's brain damaged after it. Um, was, was quite cool. Very, very difficult video game. Um, impossible to get past the first two or three matches because video games used to be hard. They're not now. They're easy. Video games used to be absolutely rock solid, and this is no exception. This was one of the most difficult video games I'd ever played, but wonderful. And I, I managed to get an emulator a few years ago, and it, it brought back some good memories. Of course, it's not the video game I thought it was at the time as an impressionable teenager who, or early teenager who loved his wrestling. But um, it, it, it still holds up okay. It's not bad. Um. 1989 uh, produced uh, Tecmo World Wrestling, uh, which came out on the NES. The NES was a hotbed of wrestling games, presumably because the NES sold so well in the United States. I think there was a statistic that one in every three or four houses had a Nintendo Entertainment System, mainly because of Mario. But obviously, that's where WWF was the most popular, and we hadn't quite latched onto it. In the massive popularity that it reached here in 1992, we still weren't at that point in 1989, but Hulkamania was indeed running wild in the United States. Um, So loads and loads of wrestling games came out there. Tecmo World Wrestling is one of the better ones. Um, Each character, 20 moves. 20, count them, 20 moves. I think running counted as a move. Um, it did have some bad translation in there. One of the finishing moves that one of the characters had was the northern right suplex, because obviously it was translated from, from Japanese, and sometimes there's the issues with certain letters. Um, so there is a little bit of bad translation in there. Um, but there are characters in a mainstream wrestling game released in the United States, characters based on, not officially named after, but characters based on Antonio Inoki, uh, Tiger Mask, Luthez, Ricky Choshu, and Harley Race. Um, go back and play it now on an emulator, maybe, and try and figure out which those characters are without looking at Wikipedia. Go on. Um, but it's enjoyable. It, 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 again, it's a game, a game that I bought way after it was initially released, just because wrestling, isn't it? And any excuse to play a wrestling game. Then there was something that happened in 1989 that made wrestling games get a bit good. Um, two wrestling games came out um, that are, are two of my favourites, even now. And even now, playing on emulators, stand-up has been enormously fun. In 1989, in the arcades, uh, a game was released called WWF Superstars, uh, made by Technos. And this was where you formed a tag team from current, at the time, WWF uh, superstars, including uh, guys like the Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, and so on. Um, and you would go after um, the tag team champions, who were Ted DiBiase and Andre the Giant. Um, and you would have to fight, I think, five matches to get to them. Then you might beat them, and then you'd have another couple of matches to defend the titles, and the game would end. Very rare you got to that point, because it was really difficult. Um, you couldn't do anything to Andre, for example. You could never play as Andre or Ted DiBiase, um, which was a shame for me, because in 1989, I loved Ted DiBiase. Um, this took all of my money in Hinkley Leisure Center, um, at around 1990, um, it was tremendous, and I didn't think it could be topped. And then in 1991, it was topped by Wrestlefest, which will be, if you're anywhere near my age of 38, you will remember this game. Um, I remember going on a school trip to the Isle of Wight, spending all of my money playing Wrestlefest. It was utterly wonderful. Um, 
so essentially it's an upgrade on Technos's WWF superstars. It's so good. Um, <laughs> it you could play a Royal Rumble mode in it with a load of your friends. You could um, do amazing double team moves. So you basically put someone in a headlock, drag them to your corner, tag your partner in, they do a double team move. It had Earthquake in it, who did his proper Earthquake thing where he'd jump around the ring. You knew when someone was ready to have their finisher done, have your finisher done to them because they will all be pinned because instead of lying horizontally in the ring they'd lie diagonally in the ring and you knew it was time for them to to be eliminated as it were so i loved it so loved it, it that trip to the isle of wight i did two things i spent all my money playing WrestleFest, and i permanently injured my neck headbanging to paradise city by guns and roses they're, they're the two things in my life I think need to sum me up as I think a 13 year old child um, playing at the other white but wonderful here's a little thing um, they made a remake for um, for iOS so and I don't know if you can I downloaded it a little while ago but I, I deleted it so I don't know if you can still download it and forgive me for not checking um, but they made a remake of it with current day WWE superstars and they made a load of expansion packs as well with extra stars that I believe you could purchase. Um, I don't know if it's still available, but it did have it had John Cena and CM Punk and people like that in it, um, as well as classic stars like Jake Snake Roberts, which I'm super pleased about because when playing it initially, Jake Roberts was one of my favourite people to use um, uh, because he had his DDT. And the commentator would go, Jake, DDT, and he'd DDT you, and it'd be awesome. Um, so, um, yeah, go and have a look and see if it's still there because it was good fun even nowadays and uh, even playing it on something like an ipad which is always a bit clunky was great fun um must say not downloaded it myself for a few years i was non-iphone for a few years i had it on my old iphone when went android for a bit and i'm back on iphone now so I, i've not had a chance to check to see if it's still there um but i do remember downloading it and having great fun with it um a couple of other games um from the 90s that are fairly big releases that i want to mention are more arcade style games um one was on the neo geo Came out in 1993. I remember once again playing in um, my, my friend Damien when I was a kid. He his stepdad owned a video shop in Hinkley, um, which even if one person tweets me and goes, "I remember that video shop," it was called Select Video. Um, when video shops were a thing, and it had a few arcade machines in there. It had a hooky version of Street Fighter Two where you could throw like 17 fireballs at once. Um, it had. Games like World Heroes and Art of Fighting, which were both Neo Geo games. And the game I'm going to talk about now is a Neo Geo game. Um, in the West, it was called Three Count Bouts. In uh, Japan, it was called Fire Suplex, which is an infinitely cooler name. Um, it was. I remember it being super difficult. I could never get past the first match, which was against a great Muta uh, lookalike. Um, but I remember it being... Uh, fantastic fun i think that the second level was a street fight and the third level was an electrified barbed wire match and stuff like that but it was an arcadey sort of wrestling game rather than it being um uh, i mean none of the games were really simulations at this point but it felt more like a street fighter game than an actual wrestling game and then capcom the makers of street fighter themselves bought out a game in 1993 as well um and again we're going to look at the difference between amazing names in japan and okay names in america so they bought out saturday night slam masters um which was both an arcade game and came out on the mega drive um i had a copy of it on the mega drive in the late 90s when i started collecting video games hey folks i'm mark Marin from the wtf podcast and this episode is brought to you by kleenex ultra soft tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Um, it was called Saturday Night Slam Masters in the States. In Japan, it was called Muscle Bomber, The Body Explosion. Yeah, that's a name, isn't it? Um, and this came out at roughly the same time as the WWF efforts at this point were the Raw and Slash In Your House games that that were made by Acclaim and felt a little bit like... They had digitised characters and felt a little bit like Mortal Kombat in terms of how they were put together. They weren't. They were okay. They weren't necessarily the best games. They were coming out um, in uh, on the Super Nintendo and on the Mega Drive as well at the same time. But Saturday Night Slam Masters, I remember being bought it as a present and it being worth quite a lot of money because um, it was quite rare on cartridge. But go back and play that. I mean, it's enjoyable. If you like 2D fighting games, as I do, I love 2D fighting games. I have many a, a Capcom-themed tattoo. Um, this was, was great fun to play. So, you know, maybe try and seek it out in an emulator if you can, or if you're lucky enough to still have a copy of it. Or if you've got a copy of any of these games from back in the day, tweet me a picture of them, and I'll retweet them. If you've got a collection of some of these absolutely nuts, especially the imported ones that I'm going to talk about in a second, um, if you've got a collection of these wrestling games, then send me a picture of them. Um, tweet me at Jim Smallman. I'll retweet the picture because I'll be super, super impressed if you have. Now, I mentioned quirky rarities. I'm going to tell you about some now. These are some... Um, some of these I've not played. I'm not going to lie to you. Some of them I have. Um, but these are some quirky wrestling rarities from the 1990s that I implore you to go back and, and look up now. Um, 1994. Um, and this came out in America under this name. Natsume Pro Wrestling. Came out on the Super Nintendo. The Super Nintendo is one of my favourite ever consoles, mainly because some of the nuts uh, Japanese import stuff that came out. Um this was the only official US conversion of a proper Japanese uh, Puroresu game that was you know, presented in the Japanese way rather than being presented as uh, American wrestling. So a lot of the time they'd take a, a game that was that came out in Japan and they kind of Americanize it. With this, they kept it pretty much the same. I don't think it was a huge success, but at the time, you know, the Super Nintendo was so successful in the States in particular, they were desperate to bring out anything they could for it. 1994 also uh, bought us Hammerlock Wrestling, and that was its official name in America. Um, in Japan, this game was endorsed by one particular professional wrestler, and you think that's quite nice, because obviously 
licensed wrestling games in the states tend to be um, endorsed by a company rather than an individual wrestler. Um, this was endorsed in Japan by Genichiro Tenryu. Um, so the thing that Tenryu endorsed a video game, I think, is pretty awesome. Um, this one's a weird one as well in that when you played it, you had three screens. So the action would be in the middle screen. Imagine three screens horizontally across the uh, the television. Bearing in mind, this is in a time before widescreen. So you'd have the top screen would be the crowd's reaction to something. And then the middle screen would be the actual action that you're controlling. And the bottom screen might be a close-up of that action. Um, I mean, it, it looks dated now. But at the time, that was a company trying to do something a bit different, which is pretty sweet. Um if you go back to 1990, um, another endorsement from one individual wrestler, but not a male wrestler, a female wrestler, Cutie Suzuki, um, had a game on the Mega Drive called Cutie Suzuki No Ringside Angel. Um, I don't think it means she wasn't a ringside angel. Um, it's the Japanese translation. Um, this was one of the first women's wrestling games. What I think is interesting is one of the first women's wrestling games to be released in the States was Rumble Roses, which is... is on the perfect side um this was presented as a legitimate sport and with a story mode and things like that as japanese wrestling in the 90s was presented in japan it wasn't presented for titillation it was presented as awesome wrestling and I, you know i've mentioned this several times i implore you to go back and watch early 90s mid 90s um women's wrestling in japan because you'll see some of the best wrestling you've ever seen some of the hardest hitting most technical tremendous storytelling in the ring um and obviously, it was so popular, it was producing video games. Um, another one uh, came out in 1995, which was Shiroi Ringu He, uh, which came out on the Super Nintendo, which was uh, a story-based women's wrestling game where you actually had to take someone from humble beginnings all the way through. It's very much like a, a, a career mode thing that we're used to now, but um, with much more emphasis on on honour and discipline and things like that. Um, <clears throat> don't get me wrong, if you get it on import, there's a lot of text in it. It's going to be half his play, <laughs> but um, you know, I think it's cool that games like that were happening in the nineties. I know we're having the women's wrestling revolution now, but in Japan, there's never needed to be that revolution because they've always been on an equal footing to to the men there, which is great. One final little quirky Japanese rarity from nineteen ninety six is Jikyo Power Pro Wrestling ninety six Max Voltage. That is what a name! What a name that is! This came out on the Super Nintendo. Um, again, had a cool career mode. It had four wrestling promotions in it. Um, one that was based on shoot fighting, one that was based on uh, actual Japanese wrestlers at the time, but not licensed. Um, but it did have some licensed characters in it because it had one of the promotions in it were based around Konami characters because this was a Konami game. Um, so you could play Rick to Belmont from the Castlevania series. You could play as Bill and Lance from the Contra games. You could play from characters from Parodius and things like that, which, for a video game nerd like me, is is quite insane. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's like being able to play as Sonic the Hedgehog in WWE 2K17. It's nuts. So, um, yeah, maybe check that one out if you want to really have your mind blown by very obscure video game characters being used in a, in a wrestling setting. So... The late 80s, I mentioned this before, produced... I have three favourite wrestling games. Um, so, 
One of my favourite wrestling games of all time comes from a series, uh, and that is the Fire Pro series, which I mentioned before. came out in 1989. That's when it started. It started on the PC Engine, <clears throat> if any of you remember the PC Engine. Um, one of very few consoles I've never owned. Um, I've been desperate to own one for years, but I've not really got the room now and have children. Um, but it came out on the PC Engine initially in 1989. It's been released on pretty much every other console. Um, the thing with the Fire Pro series is... and. and it was never the best looking game. It looked fine in the 90s. It was still being released in the late 90s, early noughties and, and still looked the same and, and wasn't, you know, wasn't certainly the best looking game series, but was one of the most playable. In terms of playability, it was always super good fun to play, super detailed in terms of how big the roster would be and the creation options it would give you. It would give you some amazing uh, ways of editing the wrestlers. So you'd often get given wrestlers who weren't given their real names, but you could clearly tell who they were. So you had the option to go through and edit it. Very much like playing um, Pro Evolution Soccer and going through and changing changing the team name from, you know, like Man Red to Manchester United. Um, the grappling system was the best bit of this. Instead of you hammering buttons, it was based around time button presses. So the characters would lock up, you press your button at the right time, you perform a move. The psychology of wrestling was in this game, in that you couldn't do your finishing move straight away. You'd have to wear someone down before you could do it with smaller moves, then you could do stronger moves, then you could do super strong moves. Um, and also later versions had like landmine death matches and stuff like that that, that, that was cool for me in, in my teens at the time. There is an Xbox 360 version of Fire Pro Wrestling using the same game engine that is absolutely rotten and you should avoid at all costs um, because it uses your um, uh, your Xbox avatar. And no, just don't. It's dreadful. It's absolutely rotten. Uh, please avoid. Um, my favourite version of the Fire Pro Wrestling series came out on the Sega Saturn, uh, which was Fire Pro Wrestling S Six Man Scramble, just slightly going above um, one of the Super Nintendo versions for me. Um, just a, a brilliant game, and you could play it with a load of your friends as well. I'll be honest, because there were other wrestling games out at the time that were possibly slightly more user-friendly um, to a Western audience, because often the Fire Pro games were only released in Japan, it was often difficult making my friends enjoy the Fire Pro Wrestling games as much as I did. Um, but I still go back and enjoy them now. And I know from the tweets that you guys sent me last week when I asked for what your favourite video games were, loads of you love the Fire Pro Wrestling series. Maybe one of you has got a Sega Saturn and maybe one day we could just set up a massive Fire Pro Wrestling tournament among like-minded Tuesday Night Jaw listeners. That'd be great, wouldn't it? Hashtag uh, Tuesday Night Jaw at Jim Smallman. One thing I quickly want to talk about is is simulators. Um, I'm a man who likes Football Manager. I mean, if you try and take away the fact that you are essentially playing with a massive spreadsheet, Football Manager is awesome. Um, there's, uh, again, something that came up when I asked you guys for your favourite wrestling games. It didn't come up as much as, as actual video games, but if you've got a PC, you'll probably be uh, familiar with either uh, Extreme Warfare Revenge, EWR, or uh, Total Extreme Wrestling, which is what it became. It's the same series, which is where you book your own promotion. So you take wrestlers, often it's loaded with actual you know, real wrestlers, and you, you then book a promotion around them, and you, you, you find out what sort of crowds you draw in and how fans are reacting to storylines and things like that. And it's, it's a super cool thing to do. When I remember doing this when I was at university instead of doing actual university work. Would be and there's no end goal, really, because you 
can set the universe up as you so choose anyway. So you can you you can pretty much you can pretty much give your promotion all the best wrestlers in the world and not worry about a competition. And then you're just running something just to see what happens, just to see who wins. It's it's quite crazy, but it's quite a fun way. Of, let's say you're a progress fan, you can put all the progress wrestlers in it, and you could you could run a simulation of our show from this coming Sunday with all the actual wrestlers and see what results it throws out, which is is quite fun if you think about it. I know a lot of people will do these simulations ahead of Survivor Series last night, for example. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tremendous time. Waste. We, I will occasionally, people will occasionally tweet me a picture of um, of a screenshot they've taken of them, of, of their progress universe that they've got on, on Total Extreme Wrestling. And um, and yeah, it, it'll, be, it'll be nuts because I'll see, you know, it'll be like John Briley as turned heel and everybody was like really we're not characters but still um it's fun enough that we're we're even in a video game in the first place i think is is nuts um some brief wwe stuff from uh the late 90s um uh, going forward so in 1999 uh, i remember um wwf attitude coming out um at the time i thought it was brilliant i i ordered it from america um, it cost me a fortune. I remember it arriving. I played it on my chipped PlayStation. That I chipped myself and uh, nearly burnt my house down several times because it <laughs> no longer was particularly insulated against heat. Um, I remember playing it. I remember it, it feeling brilliant at the time. It had a fairly decent creator wrestler mode in it. And it was okay, wasn't it? If you look back in hindsight, at the time we were starved of good WWF-based video games when WWF was so hot. Um, so that being... It was such a big deal to me at the time, even though, as we're talking about in a bit, there was much better games on the Nintendo 64 out of that point that it could not compete with. One thing I remember about WWF Attitude is you could create a wrestler and you could give him a voice. And one of the catchphrases he could say was, I am so big and muscular. Exactly like that. Right. Maybe I've dreamt it. Just tweet me and tell me I've not dreamt this and it is true. And I do remember it correctly. And then the SmackDown series started. Now, the game that I think came up most when you guys were telling me about your favourite wrestling games was 2003's SmackDown Here Comes the Pain. That seemed to be the most popular, um, which was clearly WWF uh, doing something tremendously well at the time. And obviously, the SmackDown series went started in 2000, um, became versus Raw in 2004, uh, was just WWE 12 at the end of 2011, and then became the 2K series in 2013. And it's kind of... It, they, they tweak little things every year, um, but the thing that... The comment I seem to get most about Here Comes the Pain was it had had the best career mode and, and just seems to hold a special place in, in the heart of quite a lot of you guys. Um, it's so long ago, I don't remember playing it massively. It's around the time... 2003 is the, the, the time my... Uh, my daughter was born, and I don't remember playing it massively. I know I owned it because I own every year when a WWE wrestling game, WWE wrestling game comes out, I will buy it. So I will have played it. It doesn't necessarily hold as special a place in my heart as other games because I at that time I was probably still playing a game I'm going to mention in a bit, um, and and you'll you'll be fully on board with this. WWE did have some other games um, that that came out. They had the excellent. Um, all-stars which was kind of a, a more fun fighting you know 2d fighting or almost based game uh, that came out in 2011 that was arcade-ish and a bit mad and had had you able to sort of wrestle 
the big show against Andre the Giant, and uh, and it and it was super over the top and super cartoonish and and fun and great fun and and you know I'd I'd heartily endorse that just as a, a laugh, even if it's just a video game to play with with younger relatives, shall we say? Um, I mean, and it also did have in two thousand and three WWE WWE rather licensing became so insane that you had WWE Crush Hour, which was essentially a demolition derby driving game with a WWE license that you will probably not remember playing, but you'll definitely remember sponsoring at least one WWE pay-per-view around that time. And uh, you're going, oh, oh, maybe I'll check it out. No, I'm not going to check it out. Um, before we get to my absolute favourite, um, I want to talk about some some goodness from uh, Japan in, in the 2000s. Um, a couple of great games on play on the PS2. 2004 was King of Colosseum 2, which I remember buying from Computer Exchange in Birmingham on import and uh, having a great time playing a, a, a completely indecipherable Japanese wrestling game. Um, 2007 as well, PlayStation 2 had uh, Wrestle Kingdom 2. There was a Wrestle Kingdom 1 that came out on the Xbox and the PS2. Um, made by Ukes. Ukes, who made some great wrestling games. Uh, unfortunately, there was another uh, competitor from Japan who were just a lot better at making them. Um, but Wrestle Kingdom Two is amazing, purely because it's it's got licensed New Japan and All Japan uh, wrestlers, and it is a, a very good wrestling simulation. Um, the, the kind of the pinnacle of, of Yuke's uh, games that they bought. I, I remember I'd, I'd often see a Japanese wrestling game uh, in an import video game shop and just pick it up, and it would inevitably be made by Yuke's, and it would inevitably be quite good, but not quite at the standard of the company I'm going to talk about in a little while. Um, my second favourite wrestling video game of all time is uh, on the Dreamcast. came out in 2000. It's Giant Gram 2000. Oh, what a game. There was a Giant Gram, an original Giant Gram that was fine. But Giant Gram 2000, um, an officially licensed All Japan game, had a story mode in it that was... Uh, was brilliant had a history mode in it where you could recreate classic matches from the past where you had to hit certain moves at certain times during the match which required an because um, it's all in japanese that's required a, an faq for me to be able to figure out any of that um you could be stan hansen in it and when you lariated people the game would go into sort of x-ray mode as you broke someone's neck with a lariat something that the recent mortal kombat games have, have, have stolen and you could play as classic characters like Stan Hansen. You could play at the time as Misawa and Kabashi and Akiyama uh, and Kawada. But then you could play with classic characters like Bruiser Brody and the Destroyer, which Don Leo Jonathan, I believe. Just really, really amazing game. Um, super playable, super good fun. Looked beautiful um, at the time. Probably doesn't hold up quite as well now, but in 2000 looked brilliant. Um, I love the fact that in the history mode as well, you can recreate the match between Misawa and Kawada where the Ganso bomb was used for the first time. So you can actually drop someone on the back of their head uh, in the midst of a, a, an amazing match. Um, wonderful, um, wonderful, wonderful game. Um, interesting as well, and some of the minor characters in it you can play, you can be Bart Gunn or Johnny Ace, um, <laughs> which there's not many video games where you can boast that. And then we get to um, my favourites, now, um, I'm going to group a lot of these games together because I've written in my little notebook, Aki are gods. So Aki are a company that made a lot of video games all based around the same game engine. It started in 1996-97 uh, with a game called Virtual Pro Wrestling on the PlayStation. 
and then WCW versus the World, also on the PlayStation in 1997. They were okay. It then got really, really awesome on the N64. The N64 is where it all kicked off. Okay, so 1997, you had WCW versus NWO World Tour, which was okay. And then, 1997, you had a game called Virtual Pro Wrestling that came out on the N64, and that's where it really started kicking on. Because in 1998, I remember being in in Birmingham, in Computer Exchange in Birmingham, near the Bullring, um, uh, and watching on the TV screen a game called WCW versus NWO Revenge, which looked amazing. I remember seeing the the attract mode, when games used to have attract modes. I remember seeing the attract mode, which had uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. moonsaulting off the top rope, and people doing suicide dives, and just watching this going, oh my God, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. I love wrestling. I need to get on board with this. Um, this was right at the time I just got into wrestling again after seeing Mick Foley thrown off the top of the cage at King of the Ring 1998. This could not have come at a better time. I had an N64. I, um, uh, I'd, I'd spent a lot of money getting a good converter for it and a decent, uh, I think, 60 hertz television so I could play import games. I had to have this game. I got an import from America um, that very day. It cost me £65, I think. And I played WCW versus NWO Revenge to death. Even though it didn't have a decent creator wrestler mode, even though there wasn't particularly a story mode in it, you just kind of went after a title. This was the best, the most fun ever. And then it got even better in 1999 because we've been waiting. I mentioned before we got Attitude on the PlayStation. We've been waiting for a really good um, adaptation of, of WWF stuff. In 1999, we got WrestleMania 2000, which was the same game engine as WCW NWO Revenge, but with WWE characters. And then in 2000, we got No Mercy, which I know a lot of people still hold up as the greatest wrestling video game of all time. For me, it's not my favourite, because my favourite is the same game engine, it's Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 from Japan. It's a little bit quicker. If you've ever played the two of them side by side, you'll know what I mean. It's a little bit quicker, it's a little bit more detailed, it's got more Japanese wrestlers in it, which is kind of my thing. Um, But they're both absolutely wonderful. The hours I put in playing No Mercy and Virtual Pro Wrestling 2 are countless. It's the reason I still own a Nintendo 64 hidden away in my attic. Um, not out at the minute, but if I ever got it out, that's been the only game I ever played. Um, my sister bought me one for Christmas a few years ago. I asked her for it. So please go on eBay, buy me an N64 for 20 quid and buy me No Mercy because it's the greatest. I even saw an article online recently about how people are still holding parties playing No Mercy because it's still held up as being that good. The creator wrestler mode in it is amazing. Everything about that game is utterly, utterly tremendous. Um, it is the thing. Aki hadn't finished with the game engine there. So you can go and play Def Jam Vendetta or Def Jam Fight for New York on the PS2. They use the same game engine, but with rappers to maybe give those a go because they look amazing. And when you're playing them, you're like, this feels familiar. Oh, I see what I'm doing here. Oh, I see how this works. I know how to do finishes and everything. Um, but the, the the zenith for me with this, and I spent, I had a GameCube back in the day, and I remember finding out about this and spending ages on eBay trying to find a copy of a game that I knew used the same game engine as No Mercy and Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, etc., um, made by Aki. And it's called Ultimate Muscle Legends vs. New Generations. Um, in J- Japan, Japanese, it's called Kinekuman. Um, if you know what Kinekuman are, if you're a child who grew up in the eight, if you were a child who grew up in the eighties, like me, you remember these little pink men, little plastic figures called muscle men in this country. They're kinikuman. Um, they're a whole big thing in Japan, 
And this is a wrestling game based around those characters, but where finishing moves, one of the finishing moves is a man turns into a pyramid and drops on you. So it's it's a cross between playing No Mercy and playing Dragon Ball Z. It's nuts. Um, if you can find it, then seek it out. It's going to be really difficult to find. It's a it's a GameCube game, um, and it's uh, it, it's long since out of print, and not many people have still got GameCubes. But if you can get hold of that, Ultimate Muscle Legends vs. New Generations, that's the final sort of swan song of the No Mercy game engine. Um, but Virtual Pro Wrestling 2, I think, is my all-time favourite. A lot of you guys said No Mercy. I think they're much of a muchness, just I slightly lean towards Virtual Pro Wrestling 2. Um, but they're both utterly wonderful. So, um, yeah, that's a little uh, brief history of wrestling video games and some of my favourites. Um, I hope it inspires you to go and uh, go and play more wrestling video games, uh, whether it's just playing WWE 2K17 today, because it's out and it's great, or going back and enjoying some of your retro ones. If there's anything I've missed out, do tweet me, at Jim Smallman, I'd love to know. Uh, hashtag Tuesday Night Jaw. If you've got a collection of retro, especially retro Japanese wrestling video games, um, that you can take a photo of and tweet me, um, then do uh, obviously retweet it um, uh, once again at Jim Smallman on Twitter. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening. Um, like I say, apologies for the slight delay getting the Survivor Series thing up because I've got some stuff on this week. Um, but uh, next Tuesday there will be a Survivor Series special roundtable. It'll be the full-on a uh, couple of hours like it normally is. We'll talk about NXT Takeover as well. Um, so I'll ask you for questions later in the week. Probably don't send me questions now because. I really, really, really don't want to have the show spoiled before I watch it later on tonight. Um, but, yeah, the roundtable next week. Myself, Scroobius Pip, uh, James Musselwhite, Jimmy Havoc, talking about TakeOver uh, and Raw tonight and Raw next week uh, and Survivor Series. Um, all in one big old podcast roundtable for you guys to look forward to. I've also, then, after that, got a couple of really nice interviews coming up. Um, one of which should be up the week after. So uh, the first week in December should have a really cool uh, interview um, that I'm hopefully recording uh, next week. So fingers crossed. Um, so yeah, lots to look forward to on Tuesday night. Jaw on the Distraction Pieces Network. Obviously check out the other podcasts on the Distraction Pieces Network as well. Uh, say why to drugs, stop and search, and of course Distraction Pieces with Scroobius Pit. Uh, very, very important. There'll be a special episode of that out soon that I'll be on um, uh, along with Jason Reed and Susie Gage um, just talking about how the Distraction Pieces uh, first year has gone since we all started uh, our podcasts I think about April time it, it kicked off but we've all had a good year and an enjoyable year um, so uh, yeah that's to look forward to on Pip's Distraction Pieces podcast um, in the meantime plugs once again uh, com. all your stuff about me jimsmormon.com slash tnj if you want to point people in the direction of this podcast please keep leaving reviews and ratings and subscribing on itunes and all that jazz because it really 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 helps us out um i i want we've got loads of listeners to this podcast i want even more because i'm super proud of it and i'm super proud of how enthusiastic you guys are in the little community we've built of of nerdy wrestling fans talking about wrestling under the banner of tuesday night jaw it makes me very very proud Um, and obviously my wrestling company progresswrestling.com for all your tickets and stuff like that and demand-progress.com if you want to watch all of our shows um i think that's it Thanks for listening to me rambling on about video games. I genuinely welcome uh, any feedback or debate. I'll try and answer any tweets that you send me um, uh, for any any issues you've got about video games and wrestling. Um, Send them over to me now. Right. I'm going to go and 
have a Monday. That's a weird way to end the podcast, isn't it? I'll just end by saying bye. Um, bye. Have a lovely week. We'll see you with the roundtable next week. Ta-ra. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.